episode 12, my favorite number with one of my favorite people in the world, one of my best friends, Chris Ferrer. I've had a friendship with you for 20 plus years. Uh, I think you were my first real teammate, someone, you know, uh, that defended me when I didn't speak English, you know, and it kind of just translated the, the, the game onto Spanish. So you're someone that's always looked out for me, bro. And I'm, I'm thankful. And I know our parents are proud of us that we still have, you know, this connection. And you're someone that has a credible, very credible voice in the coaching world. Um, not just youth soccer in the West Coast, but also on the East Coast. You, you know, you work for the Red Bull, you work for LA Galaxy, you work for big clubs in Southern California. You've seen the high school game, you're at a college level. And, you know, it's, it's, you've been around soccer long enough and have absorbed so much experience firsthand of what's, you know, the American system like. So I've, I've been itching to get uh, an episode with just because of, of the credibility you have in the American system. So welcome, big bro. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me, Kev. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for you. Um, there's nobody else I would rather talk football with, especially where it's like super open and blunt and like uncensored, honestly, man. You, we can give our honest opinions out here. And it's kind of, you're talking about a lot of things that people like kind of don't want to talk about because it's not politically correct. Yeah. or professional or whatever it is. So thank you for uh, providing this platform for everyone so that we can get our voice, our opinions out there and just talk honestly about, about the sport um, here in America, especially in the, in the uh, I won't say crisis, right? Because that was a couple of years ago when we didn't yeah. want to make the World Cup, yeah. right? But the state that we're in now, you know, thank you for providing this platform so, so that coaches and everyday people that are part of this sport that are actually living it can speak about it. The, my goal with this platform is to give a voice to people who are in the trenches trying to make a difference, trying to elevate the sport, of, you know, uh, trying to elevate the, the level of the sport. And you're you're someone that's, you know, um, has seen it all, bro. It's not all like uh, it's a big marketing money machine and it shouldn't it shouldn't be like, obviously, it's it's something that um, is going to take years to uh reform but it's if, if we don't start bringing up these issues if we don't have a platform where we can just discuss what's going on actually in the development world we're never gonna you know steep to the next level so i think conversations like this need to be had and like i don't know the most about soccer but i know that you know the soccer world is very small and it's connected now more than ever with the social media and the stuff that's the tools that we have one of the first questions i wanted to ask you how, how do you think where are we with U.S. soccer? How, how, what's this current state of soccer in America? There's a reason why they keep saying that it's like the fastest growing sport. And it's actually, you know, there's so many people new. It's, it's, it's more so there's so many new kids that are playing the sport. Yeah. Right. There's a there's a there's a culture within club soccer. You know, like yeah. some of these parents are out there um, because they love it. They love being out on the weekends. They love the travel sometimes, you know, Um so with youth soccer, I mean, it, it's, it, it's a beautiful thing to see, you know, hundreds of families on the weekend out there, you know, supporting their kids and stuff like that um, and wanting the best for them. So as far as like the everyday people that, that are involved with playing the sport, it's mm -hmm. a great thing, right? But when you get to the other side of the things, right? The backdoor stuff, when you're part of running a program or running a club or running a league or running a tournament, as we all know, it becomes a business, Yeah. right? And we live, we live in a country where 
You know, it's, it's all about money. It's all about business. You can come here and start a podcast and make money off of that. You can do, you can do anything you want to do out here. That's why everyone wants to be here. Right. So the state of of American soccer and with youth sports right now, um, it's great. There's, I mean, I see a lot of amazing talented footballers out there. I see a lot of kids from like, I mean, I work with kids as young as seven, eight years old. Right, which is kind of like when me and you met and started yeah. balling up, and I see these guys in college. Yeah. But the thing is, is that what I've noticed is that everyone's path is so different. You know what I mean? Like they have a different path, they have different reasons why they're being successful, right? But they all say the same thing when they had an experience where it wasn't what they thought it would be. So that's the other state of, of soccer. Like people, for example, we put college programs on a pedestal. Oh, I want to go D1. I want to go UCLA. I want to go Stanford. I want to go, oh, Wake Forest. I want to go play, you know, these big time schools. And then these players get there and realize that it's really not what, it, what they make it seem to be, yeah. right? It's like some people even enjoy, or even let's say high school. Everyone's like, oh, I want to go play high. Like right now, a big here in the uh, in the LA area, you know, a lot of kids want to go play for Cathedral. Cathedral High School is a big soccer school, soccer program. It's wonderful. What you what, what other kids need to understand is that the soccer program in high schools is not really what what it should be. Yeah. You know, I mean, we went to Marshall in Pasadena. Whoa. Oh seven. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you get a teacher teaching the sport. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And you want to play because you, you hype it up, but you're really just playing with a bunch of other kids that are not experienced as, as much. You know what I mean? The coach is inexperienced. Yeah. Uh, there's lack of funding in the program. So kids always, like, we hold this high pedestal and then we get to something and then it's not what it seems to be. Um, and I feel like that's the biggest problem with American soccer right now, man, because, like, you go to these places and you you expect, you know, this, because obviously you're always going to be paying a premium price, right? So you're yeah. pre- you're expecting, you know, great value and it's not always there. Yeah. You know, um, you can be playing at the highest level at the academy level or MLS next and not enjoy the system that you're playing and not enjoy the coaching style or not in- enjoy the way the club does things. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And everyone just has a different identity. Like nothing is, is connected. No, the ideas, the ideologies, the methodology, you know, the curriculums, of course, are always going to, they should be slightly different, but they should all be teaching the same principle. And that's why it's a mess with like youth sports right now. Um, Going up the ladder with like, you know, the national team, it's great. You know, yeah, it was tough to watch them kind of struggle um, and not dominate Honduras not dominate, you know, some of these kind of El Salvador, the way they should be dominating these teams. Yeah. Um, but it's a process. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, they, they still need to build, build chemistry. It takes a couple of years, man. And, and they're all playing on these different clubs, different systems. And, they, and then you bring these kids together. And then, of course, you know, we're, we call them the golden age, you know, even though yeah. they haven't even really proven anything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great thing that they're playing for these big clubs. But it takes, it takes some time to get some chemistry. I mean, you know, coming from, from the coach's view, it's uh you you got to figure out who's going to be your real best 11 and it's not always going to be the most talented in every spot it's going to be like who's going to be willing to you know to die for you on the field who's ready to go to war every single weekend and and who who do you know is going to get stuck into a challenge when you need them to who's not going to you know shy away from the big moments so 
you know, I'm, I'm giving them a little bit of time, you know, it, it, of course it, it's, it's difficult and stuff and we want them, you know, to do amazing things and everything, but I think we're in good hands. I think we're going to be good. I think, uh, I mean, they all have a bright future. So as yeah. long as, as long as they continue to develop, even at the pro, you know, uh, stage that they're in, um, I think we'll be all right. As long as we don't get, you know, what's happened with a couple other players, I want to say is like, they kind of get big headed or they kind of let, you know, the bit of fame that they get from being like an American player player in the, in the Premier League or whatever yeah. the case is, you know, yeah. they, they kind of like, they shy away and like they're hyped up for a few years and then you don't really hear about them anymore. Sure. You know, like the Yedlins, you know what I mean? Like he was all the hype, still a great player. Don't get me wrong, you mm -hmm. know, but you can tell there was a, a phase where he was supposed to be top. Yeah. We expected him to be, you know, in the top half of uh, playing for a club in the Premier League in the top half or something like that. And for whatever reason, it kind of like slows down, whether it's development, whether it's a mental thing, I don't know. But as long as these kids continue to push to be in the, like, not just on, on these European clubs or European teams, but be in the starting lineup, be playing yeah. at that level week in and week out. Yeah. That's what we need. You touched a lot, a lot of, a lot of good points, bro. And I wanna, I wanna backtrack and, and pick up on like the experience of club soccer, um, because I think that's you're right. The exposure of soccer, you know, everybody here is growing in America. The exposure is great, but I feel like that's it. Like you know, we, we've we've been exposed to a sport. We've been giving a taste of the culture. We don't have a real identity or real culture ourselves yet, but the expectations we have for the national team are of a Brazil that had a hundred years of this tradition. You know, I feel like our expectations are too unrealistic. Yeah. Like you said, we, we do have a great group and this is the golden age of soccer talent, but we have to backtrack and, you know, not obviously still hold them accountable, but we're just getting started with, you know, Greg Bell Alter, if you look at his, at his uh, record with the U S he's only got like six losses in the last six in the last three years that he's been on, but people are so cutthroat. People are so uneducated. People are so impatient that when a result against El Salvador doesn't go well, Oh, get him out of there, uh, get a better group in there. And it's just like, that provides an, a toxic aura for our players where our players are never going to take us, you know, hundred percent serious, or they're, they're never going to feel hundred percent supported because of the reaction of the media. And I feel like it's the it's it's such a typical American way to go about things. We got to stick together. We have to trust that these people are more qualified than and have more experience than all of us in the world. So us sitting <laughs> behind and making analysis and kind of, you know, you, you're entitled to your opinion. But like it comes out of a, a pissing constant and talking out the ass and everybody wants to be a troll. And it's just like, bro, that's like that's not what we need. We're not at a level where, where we can speak about our. Our nations like that we're in a sensitive we're, we're in a sensitive growing stage where you, we can't stop believing i guess in the you know when we haven't even done anything and it's just like i feel like the whole it comes from from the basics as youth soccer where it's still a pay-to-play system there's still no pride in being an american soccer player uh what you were talking about like um you know the the, the development of these, these young superstars is that as much as we want them to go to europe and that's that's, you know, the goal for them because, we, we, you know, they have a window to, you know, develop into the next greatest things. The development is is tough for those for those young Americans to go to these big clubs. For example, let's look at Ricardo Pepe. Ricardo Pepe is 18 years old and he's going to go to Juventus and Juventus, he's, he's going to be one a, a promising player. But if you were to keep him at FC Dallas and given the responsibility, put the armband at him at 18, where he has, you know, the responsibility of a whole fucking town that he grew up in 
that's how you're going to get Ricardo Pepe to the next fucking level. That's how you're going to get him to actually commit, commit not to just FC Dallas, but commit, commit to the U.S. national team role. Whereas where they go to Europe, it's, it's great for, it's great for the media. It's great for American soccer, but it's actually the best thing for a player because you do get, you know, once you get there, you're an international star, like the fame could get to you all so many distractions. And on top of that, you're more like a side player. I don't think that's what our brightest stars need at the age of 17 through 21, not to go to, you know, as much as we, we've kind of, like you said, like we put college soccer on a pedestal, but we also put uh, going to Europe on a pedestal where, yeah, that's where we want to go. But the, the, the downside is that I don't think, oh, I don't, you know, we don't know if it's worth it to send our brightest stars instead of keeping them. I feel like domestic talent, has to be kept here, but like the value of, be, of playing in the domestic league, which is the MLS, bro, U.S. soccer players don't care for that. They want to go. So our system has a lot of stuff, not, not just a lot of flaws, but it's like also like a lot of it has to do with what's the actual interest for the American soccer player. First word that came to mind as soon as we started talking about this is uh, uh, well, about at least these pros going abroad and going overseas and going elsewhere. Yeah. Opportunity. Yeah. That's it. Here, for whatever reason, like we're we don't give the seventeen year old kid an opportunity. Yeah. Like yeah, you hear about like the big names, you know, you'll hear about Efra, you'll hear those big names, but like, are they really consistently giving the youth kids here in the MLS an opportunity to like star and play for their clubs? It's not really happening. There's a handful of there's a handful of clubs that are doing it, um, which is great, which is what we need, mm -hmm. um, but it's not enough. You yeah, gotta I, give these kids more opportunities. hundred percent that, with that's that. That's what it is. Like, you you know, like they, they're not gonna give them that starting world. They're not gonna put that little bit of pressure for whatever reason. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. It's it, I mean, listen, it relates all the way back to this in high school, right? You go to a big soccer school, they're gonna tell you, uh, freshman, you you don't play varsity freshman year. It's yeah. like, why? Why? <laughs> why? Like my first year coaching at the high school program that I'm at. I got, I got, like, I had a, had to have a few meetings because I star, I gave some spots to a few freshmen, more than a few freshmen, right? And gave them starting spots before I gave them to, you know, juniors and seniors or whatever, the upperclassmen. Yeah. Um, but it's like, why? Like, if you could ball, you ball. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, if you're a great player, you're going to show that you're a great player. You know what I mean? So you got to put these people, these kids or these players, the older players in, in an environment where like, you're going to see, give them the opportunity. Will they thrive under that or not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that, and that's a big thing, you know, like it's not, you know, they go abroad and stuff like that. And, and, and it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great for them, but a, a big part of it, at least for like, nine, let's say the second division, right? I know so many kids that I, that I train right now or players that I'm training right now that are overlooking second division here, you know, like the NISA, the, they're overlooking all this second division stuff here to go play in Europe because they know over there in Europe, they're going to get the opportunity to play week in and week out here. Yeah. It's like, you still got to know someone that knows someone that knows the coach that'll get you a trial. Yeah. Like one, a one day, they won't give you a trial and be like, Hey, come play with the team for a week. See yeah. how you, let, let's see what you got. They'll be like, come out here for one day. And they yeah. expect in one day that you're going to show what you got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
the opportunity is just not there here for whatever reason. Like there's so many different opinions with it, but like we got to be able to give these players a better opportunity as far as, you know, playing in the big moments and the big games and the big matches yeah. or giving them a starting role, just giving them like, there's no, what's wrong with having a couple of young guys dressed to play and just to be <laughs> on the bench. What's wrong with that? A hundred percent. bro. And, um, I think it's also, yeah, like goes back to the MLS. The MLS has a system that, you know, it doesn't allow that. Like if you, if I think the MLS rule is that if uh, you can, you can't play an academy, even, uh, even if they're like under the Atlanta United Academy, you can't bring academy kids to the first team. And it's like, I think, I think our biggest problem with the domestic, with the MLS is that we're not just, the, I think the lack of opportunity is just because we don't want to bet on our younger kids. Like we don't want like the, it's, it's so hypocritical because we talk about homegrown talent. And yeah, Efrain Alvarez, but he's only has like about 15 starts in the last three seasons. Like how is this kid supposed to get better every single day if he's only starting like 30% of the games? It's not, it's not, you're not giving him the responsibility to hold down LA Galaxy. It kind of be like, oh, I'm going to be a role player. I'm going to look to go elsewhere or else I'm going to go, like you said, go to Europe and actually try to play. But I think that in order us in order, I think it's so backwards because I think that in order us in, in order for us to elevate the MLS and give the MLS a more value is that we have to convince the Efrain Alvarez's that they have to stay. We have to convince the Ricardo Pepe's. We got you guys gotta stay. You guys, this league has to be your league, not the not the retired, you know, Iguains, not the Robbie Keens. Like he did a great job, but like that gives you that gives not just the player, a bigger responsibility to become a more, you know, mature player and, you know, superstar, but it also puts the whole city behind the team. It puts the whole city behind Efrain Alvarez. And that's what you want. That's what you, that's what's going to actually sell you the seats, bro. And it's just like, as, as, as great as, you know, the roster that we have on the men's national team right now, Pulisic, Sardino Dest, the McKinney's, uh, the Aaron says, like, bro, that's dope. But look how many MLS players are on there, too. Like, I feel like they don't get enough credit. Like, if, if, if we can find the right balance of domestic talent and European talent or, like, you know, Chris and Pulisic is playing at Chelsea, bro. Like, you have to go to Chelsea. But, like, let's say right. for the second divisions or the, the championship, the championship level, second division in England, like, I would rather much have them here in the MLS. But the MLS is not, I guess, adjusting or catering their businesses or their, like, curriculum tour superstar american players like this and it's just like it goes back to again bro like us not having identity so we have to find ways like you know to like kind of just like build a tradition when when everything's here bro the, the experience is here the players are here like more than ever if you look at the nba if you look at the nfl like bro they're not going elsewhere it's it's here in america where everything you know the markets are the money is and it's just like we just have to do business the right way and and not the business side of it is a whole other beast, but like as far as like we have to take care of our American players first, and we're not doing that. I couldn't agree more that we got to take care of the, this American talent, and that's also relates to the way the MLS clubs aren't doing enough for the youth talent that we get. Yeah, right. Um, like with club soccer, it's it's a beautiful thing when you know these these clubs are saying you know oh uh, like Boca Negra, Boca Negra played for Arsenal, right? 
Mm-hmm. And it's a great thing. You know, everyone talks about it. You know, oh, he played there. He did this. He did that. Landon Donovan grew up playing here in, in co-soccer as well in, in Southern California. But it's like it, it, it becomes it becomes a uh, just a small step into wherever they want to go. Right. They want to yeah. go and achieve bigger things. They want to go somewhere else. Right. But these clubs here in the MLS aren't giving them what they need in order to be successful. And, and when I when I say things like that, it's, it's like, well, at least here in, in, in SoCal, it's uh, I couldn't even tell you right now if you wanted to get a trial or if you were interested or think you're talented enough to play for the two clubs here, LA Galaxy and LAFC. It's almost nearly impossible to get like there's not an actual process to go and try out. Yeah, there's yeah. no player pool, you know. Uh, LAFC is actually doing a, a great job at where they, they, they're doing a better job. I won't say they're doing great because obviously they're still new. Um, they're doing a better job than the other club, my club, the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I actually, I see those scouts every weekend out on the field watching. Every weekend I run into that. There's at least one guy out there just watching talent that's out there. That's why they've had some successful teams at, at the academy level. Right. Because, I mean, there's so much talent out here. Right. But then you look at, you know, the Galaxy. I probably have never seen a Galaxy scout out on the field. Not once since I've been coaching out here for what the last five years now. And there has I've never ran into one. Um, You know, I worked with the Galaxy with the youth programs um, and there's really no real player pool system. Um, to recruit these kids into their academy programs yeah so that's really where it really starts so it's someone like Pepe. yeah he came up through the he came, that's awesome he came up through that academy system let, have him be that let that be his franchise that yes. needs to be his team yeah he needs to be the face of that team you know what i mean yes. like like he's got to be the golden boy there you know the, those are the little things that they got to do and, and that that starts at the at the youth level you know what i mean like you got to be able to provide these kids with the proper you know, everyone, everyone talks about like, oh, we got a player pathway. You know, that's a big yeah. one in club soccer right now. Every, all these clubs have a player pathway to go play pro soccer, right? When it's just a selling tool. That's all it is. It's a marketing yeah. tool to get these kids to come in and, oh, there's a play. There's a way that I can go play for the, you know, now there's the LA Galaxy San Diego. There's LA Galaxy Orange County. Well, all these things, you know, that was a big selling point. We have a pathway where you can go and play for the Galaxy Academy. We have we have the pathway. Yeah. And maybe there was a kid or two, a couple kids that really got a, a, an opportunity to go there, but it wasn't connected. Yeah. It was more of a licensing deal. Yeah. Licensing deal, you know, to put the 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 brand on the merch. It's a selling tool again. Yeah. It's a selling tool. You know, I, is I, it really connected? Do you see actual Galaxy coaches out there? No. You know what I mean? And then you, and then it's a perfect example. Those galaxy clubs, they don't exist anymore. So whether it's because the contract expired or I don't know what happened, but now some of these clubs, now they're Liverpool SoCal Academy. Now they got a pathway so you can go and play at Liverpool Academy, I guess, you know, now you have, you know, these, these, now it's, and, and this is, but now there's LAFC SoCal, right? It's LAFC SoCal. So I talk to kids at, at some of these camps that I work or when I'm running a session, they're like, oh yeah, a buddy of mine plays for LAFC. And I'm like, oh really? What, what, uh, what, we're out of where? And they're like, oh, you know, in the Valley, 
Uh, and I'm like, oh, they play for the, is, is it Real SoCal? They're like, yeah, it's Real SoCal. And I'm like, oh, so the, it's LA, it's still Real, it's Real SoCal, the club, but yeah. now they're branded as LAFC SoCal. Yeah. So that, I mean, it's a good thing, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I would be hyped if I started a program and I got yeah. this kind of partnership with a pro club, right? But now what are you going to do with that? Are yeah. you really gonna? Are you gonna really get these kids a, a better opportunity and put them through a real pathway, yeah. or are we using it to get ourselves out of financial debts so that you know we can make some money, you know, and and really thrive the business? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it it's too it's really confusing, you know. Like, I don't know what the move was for LAFC to do something like that. Maybe you know they do have good intentions. You know, we're, we're going to wait and see, but all the other affiliate type things that I've seen have not been successful. And I haven't really seen the actual point or the goal that they're trying to achieve other than getting more teams in. Because one thing you will see is when they do these licensing deals or they put slap, you know, a, a, a pro club badge on, on the club jersey, more teams, yeah, more registrations, more league fees, more of this, more of that, you know, and, and. You know, I, I want to see that go away. And, and if it's done, I want to see it done properly. You Bro, know, there's no problem with it being done as long as it's done properly. I, I think you nailed it. I think why, why it's it's time for parents, it's time for us as a, a soccer nation to hold these clubs accountable. Like, why are you guys doing business with clubs instead of, like, putting your name and using your name and using your resources, using your recruiters, in the public school system, my rec centers, to actually, you know, give the access for free. Like at the end of the day, yeah, like a licensing deal might be dope. And obviously it's a, a selling point, but it's just like they're adding more fuel to the fire where it's just like, okay, well, why give it to the public when we can make some bread, you know, where we can make some money. And it, it goes like, it's, it's, it's a greedy, greedy world where we can't, we can't continue to overlook and keep like, giving the thumbs up to LA Galaxy. Oh, you guys are doing, you guys are trying. Like, I feel like these, these every MLS club is like, oh, look, we're trying to develop talent. But it, honestly, the intention is not there because money is the intention. They know if they, they put their name uh, on the, you know, clubs that are already established, they're both going to win. And, and you know, the, the, that club, oh, hell yeah, give me that sponsor. That way I can register more kids. That way I can charge a, a more, you know, I can get more, more premium for my club. But it's like that that doesn't provide the player the 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 playing environment that they need where these players need to play every single day. But like I said, like these clubs are inexperienced. They're not de de developmental. They're not, you know, actually the best way for it's just like, you know, if, if, if you want your kid to to pass the SATs, you're not going to take them to a tutor once or twice a week and then give them the test. You know, you, this kid has to they have to exercise something every single day to know the whole test around and stuff like that to actually develop. And I feel like when it comes to, to the MLS being held accountable, they're not being held accountable by U.S. Soccer Federation, where like maybe if the U.S. Soccer Federation did a deal with, you know, public, I actually just got an email, you know him, Stanley, you know Stanley, he coaches at Golden yeah. State Pasadena, Pasadena yeah. High School. He was uh, on my JV soccer team. And now he's coaching. Yeah, him, now he's coaching really himself, goes. bro. Now he's coaching yeah. himself. No, and, yeah, yeah, he works over at uh, FC Golden State. And and he's also seeing like, dang, like the, the system is messed up. You know, he, he has a son, and he like, you know, he tells me like, just like just for him to play, it, it's so many obstacles. And he sent he sent me an email, 
saying that, you know, U.S. Soccer Federation is going to put, they, they pick four school for next, next school year, they pick four districts in the Washington, D.C. area where they're going to implement soccer and give soccer as an elective and actually start recruiting there. Right. So that makes me think like, yeah, I, I, I it's it was being it's being done here in New York with a with a charter school of like 80 schools, which in, in is working, you know, it's worked the last six years. And it's like cutting out all the inconveniences of club soccer where it's providing access to not just the players, but to parents, bro. And the thing is, like when I speak access, I mean, you know, get rid of the pay to play, but also get rid of the traveling. bro. it's so hard to travel and actually develop talent like it, it's like you know you, ha you have to go to these tournaments and i'm like who 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 has said that these are the best tournaments to find the best talent you know and it's just because you know again like it's all a money thing bro and, and, and it's like instead of you know having recruiting the talent locally we have to drive two hours to these tournaments or we have to fly where that el eliminates the whole purpose of us teaching soccer and and i think that that it has to be under one umbrella bro like we're we're okay if you know there's money clearly there's money in this market but like let's let's give the money to the u.s federation and the mls clubs like on their own somehow but you guys have to distribute and make it more accessible to you guys and with with the clubs also you know charging a premium you see how the the bad information there's america's so big bro and there's so much so much like opportunity in the soccer market that there's so many bad coaches bro me and you have seen it like the le the level of of the quality of coaches anyone could be a coach bro and as long as they you know they throw on the red bull and they're like they go through through their orientation program boom they're, they're kind of trained to go so i feel like we have to hold not just like the mls clubs but also the clubs youth clubs uh we have to hold them accountable with the coaches that are out there because they're just literally soldiers, bro. They, they may not, not even play soccer, but as long as they can like run a session and, 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 and you know, kind of just like run a daycare, then hire them. Yeah, no, that is true. There is the quality of coaching. Um, it, that's in the crisis. <laughs> um, it, it's it's crazy. It is nuts. I mean, of course, that's always comes down to an opinion. Right. We can think somebody's a bad coach and then some of their players think they're the best coach ever. Right. But that's why I was saying we need to make sure that everyone's teaching the same principles. Yeah. The 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 way that it works where, you know, anyone can be a coach, anybody, everyone right now is a trainer as well. You know what I mean? And of course, it's like anything like right now you can research anything. You can go online and you you, you can look up uh man city warm-up session yeah right and you can go and take that session and run that with your team or your club or whoever you want to run that with doesn't mean it's going to be the same session yeah right that's the major problem right not just because you can just read the, not just because you could read the recipe knows that it's gonna it's not gonna taste the same yeah you know even though you're using the same recipe yeah right so it you you have to be like in order to 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 coach and, and you i feel like it needs to really be, you have to have a pride for, for wanting to develop kids. And, and when I say develop kids, it means really develop them. Like yeah. that's another selling point tool that every club uses. Every club talks about development. Every program talks about development. Everything wants to talk about development because that's what the parents or whoever wants to see and the tagline, yeah. you know, oh, they want the best for my child. 
when are you really thinking about the development? Are you putting them in a situation, right, where they can thrive or be successful or pushing them to a limit where you learn more about the player or, or where their breaking point is, right? Putting them in an atmosphere where they can learn, you know, putting them in a situation where they're really growing. Are you, you know, of course, yeah, I want to win. I, 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 I'm one of the main per- people that talks about development, right? Um, but of course I want to win all my games, you know, of course yeah. I'm going to be up and yelling every single time because once that, that the whistle blows, I, I'm out there to win the game, right? Of course. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I'm looking at it, are my teams doing what we worked on at practice? Are yeah. they utilizing the tools that I'm giving them? And if not, why is yeah. it them or is it me? Is it myself as a coach? Right. And there's so many coaches out there that don't go for that. You know, there's so many coaches that will head up three, four players to get them to guest play for a tournament so that they can win that tournament. Yeah. Right. You want to win that tournament. But it's like, so what is it? Are we really focused on the development or are we trying to, you know, get medals and, and do that whole thing? Right. Yeah. Um, and it, it, there's a lot of people that look at it because it's become such a massive business that a lot of people do the coaching thing as a part time right they're working and it's the dad and he's like oh i'm gonna do a team and that extra team's gonna bring me some extra income and why not right so that's why it's super important that like for players for for players to educate themselves like you know when when we were growing up balling there wasn't you know the social media wasn't around the internet was kind of like starting to boom at first and not every program had a website yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't the way it is now. Now there's no reason why every player cannot do their own research yeah. on a club, on a coach, on anything that they're going to sign themselves up for. Yeah. Right. You should, they need to be doing their own research. They, we need to be able to educate these kids, right. To understand the difference in programs, the difference in levels of competition and different leagues. And most important, we got to educate the parents. Parents, they get like, they're so uneducated when they hear a new tag line or whatever they just fall for it right because it's like it's like it's marketing it's marketing one-on-one you know what i mean so uh we need to be able to educate these players we got to be able to educate these kids so that they really understand what is really best for their kid obviously not everyone could be on the same page you know obviously we're always going to have those parents that are cutthroat and they want to win everything right but at the same time you know it's hard because we grew up in an environment playing where it was win everything yeah. We had to win everything. We never went into something where it was like, oh, it's going to be fun. You know, of course, yeah, we enjoyed the game. We enjoyed the game, but we were playing at a level where it was like, we got to win. And if we don't win, then we're, we're, we didn't do a good job. We didn't yeah. do a good enough job. We weren't good enough on the day, right? It was just win, 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 win. And, and when you're at that high level, you know, it's great, but you have to be able to play for someone that's going to be able to show you the bigger picture, right? That And, that, and that's, that's the part that, where for me, where there's so many bad coaches because they don't talk about those things or they don't educate their players on those things. Um, and I don't, it, it's tough because we connect the club to pay to play, right? But if you want a quality coach, you're gonna want a quality price. For, for me, for example, it's my career, right? I'm yeah. gonna wanna get a good salary, yeah. you know? So is, for example, our alma mater, are we gonna be, am I gonna be able to coach at, at Marshall Fundamental? that their program, if they were to offer it to me and the stipend is real low, probably not. No. You know what I mean? I'm not going to want to go there. So it's real tough to like find the balance with the pay to play system. Um, Just because if you're offering such a low, you know, stipend, what kind of quality of a coach are you really going to get? 
Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it, it's real difficult to like find like the, the medium with it and find the balance. Um, but it, it is incredible how many bad coaches there are out there. I mean, I, this is a, a pregame talk that I just gave to my 05 team. Um, I just talked to them about it. And I'm like, hey, we're playing this team this weekend. They're not well coached. That was my first thing that I told them. <laughs> They're not well coached. They're not going to understand how to deal with us pressing from this angle. They're not going to be able to deal with, you know, the overload through the middle, or they're not going to be able to, do, they're not just, they're just not going to be organized. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it, it's super important um, to, to, to educate the kids on what to know what really is a good coach, right? So that people can understand what it is that they're really going for and they're not being sold some kind of dream and then they get there and it's not what it seems to be. You know, yeah. uh, but there's 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 more. I, I would will tell you there's more bad coaches, real bad coaches out here than than quality. I mean, the, the number of coaches that are playing FIFA on the sidelines, play the left back, drop it back, <laughs> play it back, kick it out, find this person, do that. Like, right. let your players think for themselves. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of coaches that are doing that. And cool. They might get some success. But are, are your players really thinking for themselves? Like, are they or, or are you just controlling exactly or telling them exactly what you want them to do? Yeah. You know, you can't. And that's some, and, and with that, that's something that I really enjoyed the Red Bulls program um, for. Um, they did a great job with education when I was there. Um, they did a great job telling us, do not be, you know, don't be a remote control with your players. Don't, don't yeah. try to tell them, you know, guide them. Where should we be? Yeah. Keeper has the ball. Where should we go? <laughs> yeah. 2v1 where's where, where's the extra man instead yeah. of you know oh play 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 kyle over there on the right where's the extra man can we find a switch those little details you know what i mean that you learn through coaching education right go a whole long way um but uh it it for whatever reason um it's not happening and there's a lot of bad coaches a lot of bad coaches out there um that that claim you know, that in their own mind or even their team believes that they're not because that's all they really know. Yeah. I I think it's it, the market's so big. America's so big, bro. So like, I, you know, we were at the Red Bull together and the education they gave was great. And, you know, the presentation, the arena, everything that they sold was credible. So I think that's why we, you know, our experience there was amazing. But also at the same time, they had so much ground to cover as far as like new york city brooklyn queens long island long island is huge so they're gonna try to get as many soldiers as they can that way they can just milk as much money as as I, they can bring in as much money as they can you know so as far as like yeah the, the the presentation is good for coaches and it was a good place to to i guess start your uh, our coaching career but it was just like man like this is gonna be every year where they're gonna bring in more coaches and are, am I going to be able to climb a ladder? Am I going to be able to, you know, actually climb up this Red Bull uh, Academy ladder? Or am I just going to be one of the numbers? And I feel like that that's where it, it, it becomes, you know, as a coach, you start realizing like, damn, I'm just, I'm being used. Um, you know, I'm getting X, I'm just getting a cut. And the thing is like that also, you know, kind of like, it doesn't make sense for Red Bull to Red Bull sees it. Like I respect what Red Bull does as far as like, okay, let, let's provide the train. Like, you know, we see these clubs out in Long Island 
Let's send one of our trainers who's, you know, has, has a philosophy and they're going to teach you your philosophy. But again, it's just like, why are, why is Red Bull sending us there and not have a, you know, a, a center, their own center or with the U S Federation where they can send trainers like us and actually all be under one umbrella and actually provide soccer the right way. I feel like that's, that would be the right intention. That would be the actual right way to grow soccer here in Long Island. But the Red Bull, they don't have no intentions of that they, they want to bring in that money until we fix till we fix this dynamic and the mechanics of this. But we're not going to be able to provide the right environment for coaches, for parents and more importantly, the player, because if you look the turnout rate, bro, to stay at these clubs till this day is like two, three years. It's so rare for you to find a, 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 jo- a coaching job with the right salary, with the right benefits for you to stay and actually develop these kids. And I also think that that, that idea of, of in America where we think that, you know, one coach is good enough and our kids should stay with them from U10 to U17. I think that's outdated, but they should have as many sharp coaches throughout the ladder to give them a different perspective. But, but there's none of that. There's no, I feel like the bar for the coaches is low, but also the bar for players is very low. And I don't mean that to sign sound negative, but like, I feel like I say that because there's not enough tournaments. There's not enough way for a player to prove themselves to be like oh you're actually a good soccer player like you know they go to these tournaments once or twice a month and they play maybe five like let's say maybe 10 teams but like there's so much more talent out there and i feel like the talent is not as consistent because the system is not as consistent so it, it, it becomes so hard to do you know for a player to actually you know be successful and actually you know give the responsibility of a 17 year old to take over a franchise and actually, you know, us keep him here. It all, it all starts from all from all these small problems in the system where, again, bro, it's all rooted back to let's make the most money where MLS clubs are not being held accountable, where they're providing free or where they're recruiting actual kids from. Like, it, it's so hard, you know, it's so hard to just be, I guess, provide or be around the proper like level of soccer. When it's nice and small and you have complete control over it, everything's beautiful, right? And then once it needs to start continue to grow and grow and grow and grow, it starts to get watered down. The Red Bulls, amazing. The the structure, I love the structure that they have. Um, I love the way that they educate their coaches, right? They educate the coaches, make sure that they're being ran through first team sessions, academy yeah. sessions, U23 sessions. You have the academy directors running you through sessions twice a week. You know what I mean? You're, you're breaking down film, you're doing game analysis, you're doing, the education is, was unbelievable, mm-hmm. right? Now, when I got there, uh, there was, I don't know, I, I really wanna say less than 65 coaches in the, entire, in the entire program. When I left three years later, over 140 coaches. Yeah. Right, and I remember just going to some of the meetings and watching, you know, cause you have to run sessions in front of, you know, 40, 50, different coaches at once um which is a great thing too honestly um but it it became like hold on like it was so difficult for me to get in and now it's like if you're committed and you can and if you're so uh, like minimally qualified here's the training and go like you said yeah right Uh, put them through the employee handbook and 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 go you know, because of course, with everything, it starts with a little bit of pride at first, and then as it continues to grow, you know what I mean. How can you really keep, you know, that that the the principles and the values tight still? 
you know? Um, so that's where the downfall is. But I, I, I get it too, though, because at the end of the day, there's a guy behind the desk that needs to meet his numbers or yeah. the funding won't go there no more, yeah. you know? But that's, that's why what you talked about was great. Why, don't, why aren't they opening up their own facility, right? Where they're directly working with these kids. Um, you know, I, I, that definitely needs to happen with every club. I mean, for me, one of the biggest things too is that not it, like the, the U.S. Soccer Federation needs to like enforce or regulate these clubs that they must have an academy system, must have an academy system in every age group like that has to happen like that's that's another thing it's like oh this academy has a u16 a u12 and a u17 this club has this it's not not every club has every single age group and the best of those talents in every single age group with the real path the red bulls is amazing because you actually see four or five kids in the starting 11 that came from the 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 red bulls program yeah. Meaning, I mean, not just the academy program, the grassroots. So, if there's if there's a club that I will say, you know, I, it did become watered down and things like that, and that kind of had to do why I decided to, you know, venture out and actually join the LA Galaxy from there was, but it was more so that, you know, it it, be, it it was a situation where it was great that they had so many. They actually had a player pool. They actually had a, a place where they know, okay, well, we're identifying all these kids. You yeah. know, they go from a small club. And if you had a good player, they'll give them an opportunity. OK, you're invited to the regional development school yeah. training session just to give a chance. And if you're not good, OK, sorry. And they send you right back or they keep you there and you continue to train with 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 their philosophy, with their methodology and all those things. Right. Which is a great system, a real system that they have. It's their yeah. identity. I think it's their, I... Identity, it's their thing. That's great that they actually have a proven product that works yeah so why like i remember being there and, we were, and us all saying like why are all these other you know clubs or i can tell you why they're franchises they're not clubs yeah. right these are all yeah. franchises right so why aren't all these other franchises and clubs not doing the exact same thing right of course everything's gonna have its flaws and they can do some stuff better but they actually just have a system a real player pathway to make it you know yeah. starting from grassroots so there's so many clubs that don't have it. And, and it's, it's, it, for me, it's embarrassing, honestly, like, yeah, you know, it's embarrassing. Like you can't, you, 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 you can't have some clubs that are doing these things. And then the reason I say it's embarrassing is like, I, I grew up here, you know, born and raised in, 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 in the LA area. I grew up going to the Rose Bowl, watching the LA galaxy, being super hyped, watching, you know, the first season in 96 and, and, and keeping up with them since then. But to see, to, to go from the Red Bulls and I was, you know, able to, to really see this entire program out from like, from, you know, I was, I started with the grassroots and ended up working with the regional development school. Program. It's kind of like the top where you can be at, unless you really get, you know, that academy job that everybody's fighting for. Um, but it's like here, when I worked with the LA Galaxy, like I said before, I couldn't even tell, like there would be people that'd be like, what do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? Like, I have a, this kid. And I used to be like, mm, can't help you. Like, I, I, I can't help you. You know, even though they say they have an academy ID night, it's, it's an academy ID night where you sign up for and pay a, a premium to, to, to be there. You know, yeah. so you're only going to attract those kind of kids. Um, there's no system here where there's a real pathway. 
Like I said, we already talked about the licensing thing, but that's not a pathway. It's not a real pathway, right? So we have to make sure that every club is really working in some sort of way with these with these youth clubs everywhere, yeah. right? Not licensing deals, not all that other stuff that, that we talked about. Now, with the state of like club and, and you know, one I think one of the biggest things that holds club players back is college. Right. That's, you know, and, and a lot of, I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of coaches, a lot of parents will never say it, you know, because here in America, you, the goal is you want to go to college. You want to go, like, go let, get a free ride somewhere, right? That's everyone's dream, you know? you yeah. Of course, yeah, we think about pro, but that's not going to happen. Like, yeah. how many 17-year-old kids, 18-year-old kids are we really putting through an academy system and is a first-team signing, right? They're going, they, we have, the player draft, right? The issue, the reason why I say it's college is because everywhere else in the world, you know, they're giving these kids opportunity at 17, 18, because they're in their minds, it's like, I gotta, I gotta play to put food on the table. I gotta, I gotta play to get my family out of the hood. I gotta play, you know, to acquire this thing and to put my family on and, and, and to survive at some point, yeah. right? Um, here, you know, even the most unprivileged kid is privileged compared to every other country. Yeah. You're going to have a pair of soccer cleats, right? You're, you're all we're, we grew up wanting the name brand soccer cleats. Maybe we didn't get them, right? We yeah. grew up in a, in a, in a place where if you did not have the top of the line style Ronaldo Nike shoe and you had the entry the real model, ones. 50 bucks, <laughs> they were the real ones, right? <laughs> yeah. Those were the real ones. You didn't have the real ones, even though they were real, they were authentic. That was, because we're we're even though we're not privileged, we're privileged compared to these other countries. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that's kind of why we we will never be at, in my opinion, we won't be at you know that level that Brazil is at, you know, because that it's like a, it's a religion out there. Yeah. You know, football is a religion out there, right? So, with the college system here, to get back to the college system, it's you one, you're eighteen. And by the time, well, let's say you redshirt a year, you're 19 now, right? Then your clock starts, right? Then you have, what is it, like five years to play for, right? Yeah, Something yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. Okay, by the time you get out of there, you're 23, 24 maybe, right? Then you graduate college or you're about to graduate college. You have a degree. I mean, you you know this, you have a degree. Okay. And then it's, do I keep chasing the dream or do I go get a $100,000 salary? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a I need... I need 401k. I need health benefits. I need dental insurance. I need, you know, I want to be stable. Yeah. That that's where the mindset goes here in America. You know, I want to be stable. I'm 24 now. Why am I still playing sports? Yeah. Type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I say college is the problem because unlike every other sport, like there's others, I mean, think about it. Even other sports are starting to eliminate the college out of the, like the practical pro there's like, no need to with the nba for example the nba is number one in, in america now right even the nba started implementing the new rule where they where it was the one year right where they have yeah. to do the, the one and done yeah right it's the one and done then we started seeing all these kids like doing the one and done they they, they just go there just because they have to go there yeah and then they let them in yeah. right and that's the nba in my opinion saying like oh 
You know, we don't want it. We don't want to stop these kids from wanting to go get an education. Or it could also be, you know, we don't want to mess with the NCAA money because we all know how much the NCAA, that's a whole nother corporate crazy <laughs> issue. You know what I mean? So the soccer programs don't get highlighted or you don't see the flaws in those things because, you know, it's not, soccer is not the biggest college market. Yeah. Um, but the kids are too old by the time they get out of college. You're too old already. There's, there's a kid that, let's say you're a lot more talented than he's been, but he has those from 18 to 24, he has those six years uh-huh. of professional experience where, yeah, you were probably at a great, you know, college program, but you didn't have that professional experience. You get what I'm saying? Like that, that's a big thing for me. Um, It holds a lot of kids back. I mean, there's so many, I, I like, there's kids that we know growing up that, that we felt like, man, they were at this level forever and they didn't get that. They didn't get a full ride, but they got a partial ride. So they couldn't go to school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and let's face it, it for soccer, the the budgets aren't as big yeah. we don't have the, the budget that the football team has we, you don't get the budget you know that the track and field gets like depending on what school you're at the budget is never going to be even in the top three or in the top half of some of the other sport that that's just what it is you know and they'll divide up one scholar one full ride scholarship <laughs> will be divided amongst you know a bunch of kids because i mean it's it's because that's all they get that's all they, they, they'll give them yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's like it, it it's tough for these college programs you know it, it's it's uh it's not what it seems to be man it, it like you if you if you want to be a footballer why do you need to go educate yourself in something else yeah i i agree you know what I mean? like it's something that in america we can't really talk about because here you want to you want to thrive to you know be wealthy you want to mm-hmm. thrive to be either a business owner or you, you, everybody wants to be stable, yeah. right? We were taught or programmed to be stable and to, and, and to be safe and to have, you know, like I talked about the insurance, you want to have your 401k, you want to have a house before you turn 30, you want to have your kids. Yeah. So by the time you're 24, all that stuff is hitting you and you're like, everywhere yeah. else is like, yo, you want to play football? You better be playing night and day. You talk about all these yeah. international, not even just the stars. Let's not even just talk, let's not talk about just the stars. All these players are playing every single day. Yeah, They're not, they're not playing yeah. morning session, going to school for six hours, doing their homework, doing a, yeah. a, a an English paper for takes up all these hours of their time and then throwing in a soccer session at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we're forcing these kids to balance. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing, but if you want to be a professional athlete, you got to be working your ass off to be a professional athlete. The same way. If you want to be a lawyer, you got to work your ass off and be a lawyer. You can't can't do two things. You know what I mean? And it's like you with, 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 with soccer, at least in America, it doesn't work the same way like the football players do right with football like i understand you know there's ballers out there that can go straight out of high school but they're because it's such a demanding physical sport obviously you'd be a boy amongst men in the league so i understand that aspect too but let's also talk about how the i mean come on half the football team not going to class half the football (laughs) team half the football team isn't passing their grade like passing every class like it's not happening you know what i mean like they're let's just be honest you know and let's talk about it how if you're on the soccer program though you're gonna you better make sure you get your ass to class every single time 
yeah. you better make sure that you didn't drop a unit, you know, yeah. otherwise you're going to be ineligible. Yeah. But if it was a football player, we all know there's always those athletic directors or the guys behind the scenes that'll make it happen because they'll lose money at the football game. Yeah. These guys yeah. aren't playing. We're not going to make money. The NCAA is like, you know, you could, there's the little tweaks and all that stuff that they get away with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like with soccer, it, it, it can be connected because for, for the, the type of sport that soccer is, you have to get as much experience and, and, and it's the, the physical aspect of the game. You the best player in the world right now is like five, seven. Yeah. Like you, you know what I mean? Like what, what, why are we telling these kids, you know, that you have to go to this university program if you want to be successful. Yeah. Right. And that's where I stand right now. Like I'm coaching. I have a 2005 team. They're all juniors in high, in high school right now. So this is crunch year. I want to make sure that I get every single one of these kids to play at the next level. And that's college. I am so committed to that. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'm going to make sure that they all get there because that's what you need to do here in America at this moment. But we really want to excel and really want to continue to grow as a country and, and develop and, and really step up. I think we need to eliminate that whole thing um, and and give players the opportunity. Like I talked about, we got to get opportunity. There's so many kids that don't have the opportunity to go to college because of financial reasons, right? We talked yeah. about the club structure and, and it being a financial money grab thing, but it, what is college then? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're forcing this kid that's such a good player at soccer. You're forcing him to pay hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to school. What I mean, whether you get a free ride or not, someone had to pay for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody's paying for that. So it's not free. It's never free. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah. so with the college programs, you know, like, don't get me wrong. It, it's great. You know, I want to find myself at a college program so I can, you know, coach at that, at, 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 be the head coach at a big division one school so that I can, you know, push these kids to continue to play. And not to say, hey, it was great playing for me for four years. Congratulations. You're going to go start a family and <laughs> sit behind the desk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but that's really what it is. That's 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 what it's come down to. You know what I mean? So I feel like we got to tweak the system. You know, the NBA is tweaking the system. You know, we're seeing, you know, the Ball Brothers. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the first ones to be like, everyone's criticizing them, you know, but it's like soccer players have been doing that. Yeah. They've been doing that. And why, why did they really, why didn't he go to Lithuania and do all that? Because he wasn't given the opportunity. They're not given the opportunity and because he was voicing and talking all the nonsense, you know, the media and the schools were like, nah, we don't want to deal with the bad yeah. PR. We don't want to deal. We don't want to deal with that. Yeah. You know, when it's like, all right, let me, let, let me go take my kid. And let him get some pro experience, right? Because he's gonna be playing with men. Doesn't matter. Oh. Let him learn. You know what I mean? And then he comes back and and what? Now he's rookie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> All in, like he's literally showing, you know, America or the US, like this system is broken. You don't have this is not, this doesn't have to be the only pathway. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's making all this noise, and everyone's like, oh, is he bashing him? Like, oh. He's forcing his kids. His kids aren't going to go to prom and his kids aren't going to get this. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, you want to ball? You got to go and push yourself to go and ball. You can't. There's no distractions. You get what I mean? Like, so that, 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 that's a big piece for me, man. It's like, 
it, we all want to push and we want to develop these kids and we want to push these, these athletes to, to, to play at the next level. But the structure of what really is the next level here, yeah. right? What is the next level? Yeah. So until we figure, until we figure that out, until we, we have a real system where everything is connected, where it's not like, you know, the MLS is not connected with the U S soccer federation and the MLS isn't connected to the youth clubs or youth sports, right? Or youth sports is or this league isn't connected here. Like in Southern California, we have eight different leagues where kids can play in now. Yeah. So it's all watered down. You know what I mean? Like you don't know where the highest level of youth sports is anymore. You know, for my age group, we I'm, we're playing in co-soccer league premier, which when we were growing up was the elite of the elite. Yeah. Right. It was like all the ballers are there. Everybody goes there. You would go to the games. It was packed, you know, from people, not not just family members, but like people yeah. that wanted to see, you know, the, the best youth players go play against each other. But of course, there can never just be one. There's SoCal League. There's ECNL. There's ECRL. There's the new academy system that became MLS Next. Now it's called MLS Next. But guess what? Like now for me, the problem with me with MLS Next is like, okay, you're MLS next. So why is there a LA surf MLS next? Yeah. Like, that makes no <laughs> sense. Like why, like, even if I, even with the club that I work with soccer with a purpose, like it would make zero sense. Of course we would want those rights so that we can play at the highest level. But you know, we've always talked about it with the other coaches. We're like, well, how does that make sense? Like, also oh, now we're MLS caliber coaches now because you guys gave us the stamp and because we yeah. paid the fee. That yeah, I, I agree that the college system is definitely putting a dent on our player development. It's four, it's four years of potential pretty much being wasted, bro. The consistency of players is not the same. Yeah, you have your high recruited players, but there's guys on there who are just, you know, to make the grades, to make the grades. And, and I feel like when, when you have a locker room like that, where not all the, you know, expectations are the same is it doesn't provide the highest level of soccer. On top of that, you got to balance school on top of that. You got to balance like living on your own for the first time. It's just a lot of stuff that is not in favor for the, the player, the soccer player. It doesn't make sense. So it's definitely a hundred percent, you know, um, definitely have to take college soccer out of that pedestal and not, be, not to say it's not, you know, to hate on it or to, you know, but at the end of the day, you have to look at the NCAA. The NCAA doesn't have the best interest in developing players. They're, everything is a check to them. And also the coaches, the coaches got to keep a job. So, you know, you've coached at, at, at Pasadena city college and a lot of, a lot of it has to be on the coach performance or else you're out. You know, so it's not about, you know, maybe playing, developing the best team is about what system is going to work. That's going to, that's going to allow you to keep your job. So there's so many, that so many things that come before the actual priority of developmental, the development to continue the development of, of players and it's lost. So I think that we have to do as coaches, as you know, people that have been through the system, we have to educate and put it out there that, yo, like, you know, telling our kids to go pro in these clubs, what I think these clubs do is tell them like, yo, brainwash them like, yo, and it's not that they're brainwashing, but like, I feel like that that's the the bar they're the cl big clubs that they're, they're, they're things like, okay, like we're going to try to get some kids in the pro, maybe one or two. And if we do that, then we're, we're, that's it. You know, we get all right. They write it for a while. 
they ride that for a while and you know and then like for the rest we're just going to try to get him into college it don't matter at d3 d2 and we're going to take credit for that and like that's so low for like that that's so that's setting up a player to fail for failure bro like i would i would you know like i remember like growing growing up they were like yeah you're you know you're gonna go to college and it's gonna be a straight shot into the league and i get into i get into bc and i'm like bro i'm only playing three months of time the coach doesn't like me like what are my options my options is to uh you know transfer or like but there was no option for me to like okay maybe i can try to play semi-pro usl because there's no there's no value in that and i think that back to what we were saying about red bull and the mls academies is like bro we have to hold them accountable like right as far as like you said you know when you got to red bull there was 80 coaches and when you left there were 140 they were they're being sent out to clubs right but like why doesn't red again it goes to back what i was saying about the intention is not there we don't care we don't pride in in having and actually finding the diamonds in the rough we care about making the most money and I can tell you that because why isn't Red Bull or the LA Galaxy sending the same? Because you saw the education, the type of caliber education that they gave us, right? It may, it, like, bro, like, you know, it, it's, it gets you prepared to be a coach from like every scenario. It, you know, the curriculum is there, the steps of the RDS, everything is mapped up, out for you. So that should be, they should send, you know, five to six trainers to a district and actually try to actually collect all the best talent, natural talent there, not just the talent that can afford to pay for this, but like there is no pride in actually finding them yourself because the return on investment is so long. Like for, for a kid to, for you, for a club to make money out of a kid the right way, they would have to develop them from 10 to like 16. Like no one wants to invest all that fucking time and all that money where, you know, owners and like the GMs, their, their last worry is, you know, as long as we have it, you know, their last worry is like finding this talent locally. And I think till we find, till we set a pride in like the, at least these MLS cities where, you know, there's actually a dream to climb up the ladder from the public to the first team. I feel like till, till we paint, till we give something like that, we're not gonna, we're not gonna go anywhere, bro. And I, I don't understand like why these clubs exist. Like, I don't understand why, why these clubs are still not yeah, it's like a private thing. Like, it, it doesn't make sense for, for soccer to be a private thing instead of like, well, okay, like if you want to have the best club or have the best league, why don't you guys take it to the district more for the public? And that that would make so much sense, more sense for the MLS to club in. It's like, okay, you know, you, the public school system, there's X amount of players and we've we've recruited them to our actual academy. Now the MLS can come in and, and you know, pick, pick the litter and pick the best players and actually provide a better you know, in more than just an experience, actual development, atmosphere, and actual setting where these kids can grow. Like, there's no, we're not giving these kids, you know, the right amount of experience, the, the right amount of knowledge. We're not, but we're also not giving them the amount of time of playing. They have to log in so many hours and play every single day, bro. And like, I, I, I don't, it baffles me like that these clubs are still around just making money. It's almost like there's nothing else for us to like, do recreational wise as far as like how is my kid going to play soccer free and how not about free but where is he going to compete the best because like these clubs don't provide the best competition bro there's so many leagues that we, we don't know who are the best teams and like just like waters down the level of playing where if we had a more consistent level of playing throughout the whole youth system we would find better player we would develop actually better player players more consistently and not just you know, once in a blue miracle where we get a Tyler Adams, where we get Ricardo Pepe's, it's like, 
America's too big and America has too many great athletes and potential for us to just be putting one of these kids through the pros, like one in a million, you know? Yeah, nah, nah, spot on, man. Spot on. It, that, and that's that's where it comes down to. That's seriously, like, that. that's where they need to buckle down. Like we talked about, they're franchises. Yeah. You know? I mean, look that's at how that's, that's the best way to describe clubs. Like, that, they're franchises. Like, no one has said that on a podcast, yes, and I think that's the perfect way to describe these soccer clubs. Like, America doesn't have soccer clubs. They don't have no tradition. We have soccer franchises, and it's so yeah. sad and embarrassing, and it, it, bro. It, for me, it's like, l- l- let's take a look at it, man. Like, it was a beautiful thing to watch the soccer world react when they brought in the Super League. Yeah. It was a beautiful thing. It yeah. was amazing. Watching it, I'm like, I was so embarrassed, man. <laughs> I was so embarrassed because that is what the MLS is. The yeah. MLS is a, a, it's not a Super League, but it's the same structure. Mm-hmm. You know, they were upset because there was a, a a handful of founding founding clubs, right? That are going to yeah. be in the league every single year. No promotion, no relegation. They're going to be in there every year. Doesn't matter if they finish at the bottom of the league. Doesn't matter. They're still going to be there next year. You're still yeah. going to be there next year. You're still going to be there the year after that. It does not matter. As long as you paid your dues, as long as you were able to clear with your city and you got a, a stadium built and you could fit X amount of people and you could do all these things, to make sure that the league continues to grow and make more money, right? And be a franchise, you know, you can't, it's not going to happen here. Like, yeah. and, and it sucks because that, it was beautiful to watch the entire world, you know, like voice their opinions and go out there and do these, like, you know, these protests and be out there and really, you know, because they have culture, because they have their local team what's dope about everywhere else and we don't have here with the cult and it goes with the culture is that out there here you support we support fc barcelona we support manchester united we support these big big clubs you go talk to the kid that's out there in europe and he supports his local club yeah it's his local club it's his city yeah. you know what i mean like because he knows he can try out for that team and that team can play in this league. And if they win that league, they can qualify and play in the FA Cup and, and play against these big, huge clubs. Yeah. Right? So the second that they try to make it into like a business, you know, to build them out of this whole pandemic stuff, right? Uh, the whole pandemic financial situation, it's like, they're like, no, because that's not what soccer is. Yeah. Right? That's what everybody was talking about. That's not what soccer is, but that's what soccer is here in America. Yeah. And it sucks. It's terrible because that's yeah. what it is. It's like how like you don't and, and, and it goes to with opportunity. We're not yeah. give these local clubs. There's so many. There's a lot of coaching coaches and a lot of directors that I know that are like that want to invest and want to start a local club like uh, Mike McNeil, actually. Shout out to Mike. McNeil. Legend. Mike Legend, McNeil San Francisco Glens, man. Uh, he actually gave me my first coaching opportunity. Um but he just got approved to, to build a little small stadium right at, right in the uh, right on the SF Bay, right in San Francisco, which is amazing. Yeah, you know, and and and, and he's gonna and he's growing, you know, his local club. But there's gonna be a ceiling that if they win everything, it's like, where's the yeah. promotion? Is he gonna get promoted into the MLS? I don't know. Are these local teams gonna go to the next level? No, they win that league, and now they gotta play. They gotta pay in it again. They gotta play again in the same league, 
right? Gets the same players, pay the same registration. You know, they don't get the culture, the feeling of, wow, we just got promoted. Now we get to play against the elite, even though we don't get the same financial, you know, the financial help or the same facilities or whatever. It's, that's what it's about. That's, that's what's cool about watching some of these Barcelona games on TV and looking at the away games where they play at a stadium that holds fifty, not even like 10,000 people. Yeah, and you can see people watching the game out of the apartment balconies. Yeah. You know I mean, that's what soccer is. Not, yeah. not franchises. Yeah. You know, like it's I, not, and, and that, that's, that it's just disappointing. And I feel like it should have been an eye opener for a lot of, a lot more people, especially in the media and stuff like that and all these other voices that didn't really talk about it like yeah they, they jumped on like oh yeah the super league is a bad idea but no one really talked about how that is the american system yeah. that is what the nba is you know they always when they were talking about the super league they wanted to be like oh like the nba the yeah. nba you know the nba <clears throat> look at them you know they pay their guys top money because they're like, the tv rides and they're making so much money right yeah. but that's what that's what the mls is yeah. You know, they didn't talk about how that's how the MLS is structured because the MLS isn't making the money the way the NBA is. So it was a better yeah. idol or a, be a better headline to say, you know, they're trying to take the NBA system rather than the major league soccer system. Yeah, it was. It's the same system. Yeah. Same system. And, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that that's the way that it works. Here. And I think that, that that needs to change. I think there needs to be a, a, a structure where where if you want to play for your local, like there's no reason why all these local clubs can't have a, for, uh, not a first division, but like a, a semi-professional team, yeah. right? And have all those kids that are, that are 18 to what, like 24 or whatever that want to continue to play. There is yeah. these leagues happening, but it's not connected. And you want, if you win that, you don't go on to the next level. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So we that, that I feel like there's flaws in that system too. And there's just, there's a lot of cracks. There's a lot of fixing yeah. to do. And, and we really, we, we need a, the U S soccer federation needs to get the shit together, man. Honestly, it's, it, it took us over a few years to find a head coach and then not only just find a head coach, like, like, I think we did, a, 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 I'll, I'll be honest. And when they first appointed uh Berhalter, I was like, I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't have taken a few years to decide on Berhalter. Yeah. Like, that there's no excuse for that yeah you know what i mean like so clearly there's a lot of flaws with with, with the u.s soccer system um but these are the the highlighted points so that's what i think i think it's i think at the youth level the, the the coaching standards are not where they need to be there's too many leagues too many different club leagues that we talked about you know way too many it's it's getting diluted um including with the the academy system Right. It's, it's very diluted, very, very diluted. Uh, then when we get into the next level, then the next problem with it is the college system for me. It's just you there. There's not enough. There's not enough scholarships to go around for all these players that should be playing the same way that there is for football teams. Yeah. And things like that. But that's the next part. And then it start. And then it, and it's sad to say that even at the professional level, they have all these cracks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we have cracks in the youth system. We have cracks in the next level, which is the college system. And then we have major cracks in the professional system. Mm -hmm. So it's like U.S. youth soccer is trying to fix itself. The college system, NCAA, is trying to fix itself. 
And yeah. then this is trying to fit itself. And it, at, at some point, none of it is all together. That's the major problem for me, man. Like until we, until we can, everyone can be on the same page and, and agree, right? On, one, on, on a one system that's gonna benefit, you know, athletes across the country. That's the only way that it's gonna work. Yeah. You know, that's the only way that we're gonna start to really, um, and, and it's crazy, even though we don't have the system, you know, we're somewhat thriving. You know, yeah. obviously we're not the hardest, you know, I, I know we play in CONCACAF, you know, and it's not the most difficult, but like, we still, we're still not, we're, we, we still, you know, compete, you know, yeah. but until we fix all those things, then we can really say, I, I mean, I don't think we're a top 10. I know we're in the rankings on the top 10, but we're not a really top 10 country in, in the yeah. sport, you know? And once we change that, then we'll start to thrive at these international tournaments. Think you know, then we can actually just have a seat at the table. We should have a seat at the table. You know, we, we're too big of a country to not have a seat at the table. And it's like, well, we're giving our players the bare minimum, but yeah, we're still top 20 in the world. That shows you like, you know, we, you know, we still have players in Barcelona, Juventus, Chelsea. It shows us that if we were to have even just the, the small, like a, even a, a, a system that's 40% effective, we would maybe be a top five uh, nation in oh, the yeah. world. It's like the bare, we're giving our players the bare minimum, yet we're still finding those athletes. Yes, we're still finding those superstars. And it that's why I feel like I, it's so frustrating and it's so so frustrating for us because we know how close we are to like being there, but yet we're not doing we're not doing anything to fix to to get over that that hump, you know. Local pride, bro. Everyone in the world, everyone in Brazil, everyone in in England prize their, their local town so that's why i really think that's why the answer is in the public school system bro like no matter how big your club is i don't i'm never going to represent la surf or socal united i want to represent pasadena i want to represent john marshall because that's the pride where that's where i'm known that's what i know so to you know as far as like the system the coaching system obviously we've seen how broken it is but also we have to talk about building tradition and building culture bro culture is a big word that we throw ar around and but i think culture has to has to be tradition building tradition if you look at uh what they have in england bro they're, they've been around for 150 la liga is 120 years old and it's just like it took a while for them to actually be be it took them 100 plus years but also it's like it has to come you ha we have to give american players some pride in like uh, not just maybe winning a championship, but like, actually, okay, I came from my, my local team and I climbed up every single ladder. Like, you know, the, 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 the concept of hope and miracles is what drives soccer, bro. It was what drives sports. And like, we're not providing a fair chance or a fair opportunity for players to do this. So we're not going to build tradition. We're never going to have that culture because we know, like, I really think that for, for, for you know for us to build this culture we have to start a tradition where best players are recruited you know the best uh, let's say la galaxy players are recruited from the south bay and like you know there there's there's you know the a b team b b team c team and it's all provided for for the the public and you know like we said we're going to hold the u.s soccer accountable mls have to be connected but they have to connect connected through the public we're never going to get anywhere if we're connected through club teams because club teams are not connected to the public they're connected to money and they're connected to the business side of things and 
I don't feel bad bashing or talking about these clubs like that because they've had 25 fucking years to change the system, dog, and they haven't fucking changed it. It's still the same shit. It's still pay to play. It's still like one or two, three people are going to the pros. It's not good enough. America, with the talent we have and the demographics we have and the mixing spot we have, we, sh we shouldn't be where we're at. And it has, to, it has to do with us having no pride, having no tradition, having no local, like, bro, no local faith. Like, it, it's it's... It's it's laughable that we still think that our soccer needs to our soccer players needs to go to Europe instead of like America so prideful on being American made and American owned. Like, why can't we have our soccer players like that? Look at the NBA. Look at the NFLs. They're they were, bro. The bet they stay here. Like, and that's what we need to do, bro. And it's it goes back to holding these people accountable, bro. Like, talk having conversations like this where the mls is not doing enough u.s federation is not doing enough and they're not doing enough because it's all money and the intention is not to grow the sport but it's to make money where can we touch our powerful name our powerful foundations with what clubs and that bro that that's that's what needs to be said like if like that needs to be get point out the most it's no like no mls is providing the right umbrella or like the right opportunity for free like no one is willing to make that investment that starts at five years old, it's a 10-year process that MLS clubs and U.S. Soccer Federation are not willing to commit because their return on investment in money is not worth it. So I feel like that till, till we put our priority in actually, you know, developing the youth, we're not going to be top five. We're never going to win a World Cup, bro. And, and I think that it's time for us to wake up and because we're so close. Like the reason why I feel like, uh, you know, it's frustrating to me and like why we bit so much is that we're so close to doing it. Like it's we're, we're we have all the chess pieces. We have the board. It's about like putting it the right way so we can move together as a nation, not for money, not for greed, not to have the most powerful voice, not to know, you know, not to, you know, it has to like for for us to, you know, I guess, break barriers or break to the next level. It has to come as a whole nation bro and like i feel like yeah, we, yeah. it's the culture yeah it's bro. culture that's what we need we need culture we need we need culture we need authentic like people need to feel the passion when you're at games it's great to see like you know and, and it's great to see it when they play in tennessee right it's great to see when they when they're playing in nashville it's great to see when they're playing in all the the middle america right yeah. But when they come out and play, but I mean, let's look at U.S. soccer, for example. Like, it makes zero sense to me that because they would rather make more money, they'll <laughs> host the game here at the Rose Bowl, knowing that if they host a game at the Rose Bowl, it's an away game. Yeah. So yeah. U.S. soccer is literally putting their own players in a situation where it's a big-time game where they have to, you know, play against Mexico in their own country and have it be an away game because it's in, it's in L.A. Little things like that, for me, it, it shows you. It's like, what is U.S. soccer really about? The ticket prices for the next uh, qualifier run, bro, they're $300, $400 tickets, right? So, like, the, uh, the environment where our play, we have the stadiums. We have the capacity to, we're going we're gonna to sell it out. But it's not about selling the most seats, bro. It's about, like, okay, how are we going to support our team the best? And, you know, by putting these games in like Jersey or where there's a lot of Hispanics, like, you know, we can compete a lot of Central American, South Americans, like, yeah, every, that's, that's why I feel like it's so hard for us to qualify for the world cup because 
it's already the conditions in these in these countries that we're playing in are bad, but also the conditions that we're playing here in America are also bad because it is like you said, it is a, it's in a way game. There's so many there's not enough red, white and blue where in America and in, in the stands for a world qualifying game because we're. Yeah, we want to sell more seats, bro. It makes we want to sell more seats, so we want to make sure that we know that that Atlanta community is going to show up for sure. It, it's not, and it, it, what it's funny is that it, it, it's the safe bet. Yeah. It's a safe bet because how do we, like, of course, yeah, we want to make sure that we have both, but, I mean, look at all these other teams or all these other clubs or all these other nations. It's like they don't give the other team the entire half a stadium so yeah. they can fill with their own fans. Yeah. Like, why would you want to do that to your own team? Like that makes no sense, you know? Yeah. So no, it, it, it it's definitely flawed and it, and it goes to the little details just like that. Like just I'm hosting a, a, a game, yeah. you know, it's just, it, it, it just shows that there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and I, I think that there's needs to be a lot more voices that step up and like, unite because that's the only way that you can do right when 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 so many people agree on the same idea how are we going to be able to get u.s soccer to to change yeah you know so many people need to step up and start to voice their opinions and to talk about everything that nobody wants to talk about you know you, you know, know that's the only way that things are going to change i think i think us we have to unite 100 percent as far as like the new the new generation the old i feel like the old generation the people that are in these like you know uh who are at these big clubs or are these positions of power, like in the coaching license world, like they're so old and they play soccer so long. They're so out of touch, bro, that I feel like the only way to, to defeat them is either they get too old to be there or for us, the next generation, the American that have gone through the American system, the, all that experience steps up now more than ever for us to unite the generations, bro. I feel like you know, um, I recently saw that uh, U.S. Soccer is the U.S. Soccer Federation is putting together a 20 national team athlete council. So these are 20 people that will have their voice for player interest. They are going to want they are the ones that are going to elevate and fix these issues like councils like this that are actually under the federation are actually going to like fix, you know, shine the light on these problems because it's for the player interest and not for the money. I, some of the some of the people that are in this council are Brad Guzan, have Smith Hunter, she's with the U20 national team. Uh, Ali Krieger, who was with the women's national team from the 2008 to 2021. That's 13 years of experience, bro. These are the people that need to be in those meetings to change the system. Gucci Nyangu, right? Another US men's legend, he's in there. <laughs> Mikey Lopez, who he was on the U20 national team from 2007 to 2013. That's six years of national team experience. Of course, Alex Morgan's in there. I don't even have to name her. Uh, Brianna Pinto, all people that have U.S. men national team or U.S. soccer-like experience, they're all in this council. So they're going to have opinions. So hopefully uh, groups like this, groups like this are going to, you know, take away the power from the general managers and the founders of the big club. So I think this is this is the right step forward to actually give a voice to the next generation to fix these problems. Because, bro, it's been 25 years, G. Me and you. Yeah, not, yeah. no, it's been, it, it seems like a step in the right direction. But at the same time, like, you you got to remember, like, the uh, at the same time, these are, are these people that have already gone through the system, are they still prideful? Or are they still living the same experience that we're living in, working in youth sports? No, I or, think... I, I think you know yes, so like yeah. me, I hope that they're honest, 
You know what I mean? I hope, mm -hmm. I hope it's honesty. I hope they're honest. You know, the, all those people have the experience and obviously they've lived through it and they've gone yeah. through it. Right. I just hope that they still have the pride for it. Yeah. And they still want to see things change. Um, because at the same time, like it, it always sounds great. You know what I mean? But what is really going to go down? You know what I mean? Like these are all people that, you know, have big names and have played for the national team and have done things. So I want to make sure that these people are bringing, you know, these issues to, 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 to conversation at the table, you know what I mean? Like bringing, making sure that they do things the correct way, yeah. making sure that they're really understanding what is the problem, you know yeah. what I mean? And not just the big name to say, mm -hmm. Oh, look, we're trying, like we talked about before, like, Oh, look, we're, we're trying to do yeah. this or just to make it paint a picture that, that makes us believe that they're trying to do uh, they diversified it as far as like age. There's some 20, some U17s, some retired legends. So I feel like, you know, it says right here that it's, it's a good mix. And it's, it's you know, to communicate broad, it's uh, to provide communication between the athletes and the U.S. Soccer Federation. Because like I said, some of these people in these businesses are out of touch, bro. They, they don't yeah. know what's, you know, the current state of soccer. So I feel like if, if, you know, we get people that have been through the system, like I said, bro, we don't have to bring people from anywhere else we have all the experience the land that donovan has graduated through the system that are you know have been breakthrough we have all of that now where it's like about putting those people in the right room to make the right decisions for the best state to to elevate the you know to elevate the sport of soccer and like we want to be good we have these high expectations but no one's doing the groundwork bro the groundwork is being left up to me and you me and you are not as we as much as a, we're good coaches as much as we're our intentions are 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 meaningful our, our our intentions are correct we're a one-man army bro i feel like you know we can cover a lot of ground but we don't have enough time i feel like we are we're under a time crunch bro and it's like we need to get better now because people expect us to be better in the next four years if not we're gonna riot we're gonna talk shit and it's all a circle back you know so i actually i'm well, actually I mean, the, the clock right now is ticking man because we're we're right in line to host the next world cup how so, embarrassing, yo, think about, think about dog. Like it's embarrassing that I'm, I'm, th this is even a thought. Like if we don't qualify for the, our own nations, like we hosted 2020, what's what, what 2006 and we don't make that. Think about how, bro, think about how embarrassing and how sad that would be. And thing is like, this is funny because it's actually a reality. There's actually a possibility that we may not. Well, hey, slow down though. We, we got lucky. No, we, we, lucky. See, well, see they this. might even change it because I know the host country usually automatically. Ah, facts. But that's embarrassing but, too, bro. That's <laughs> <laughs> that is, it is. But at the same time, who knows? Because now it's going to be a three country thing, right? They're yeah. talking about it being US, Canada, and Mexico yeah. to host all together. So I don't see them giving three countries, you know, a free like especially for Canada, for example, that hasn't yeah. that hasn't qualified yet. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I I we're in a time crunch because we want to make sure that we're developing. Like the time is now. See, we keep talking about how there needs to be changes. It needs to be happen like ASAP because yeah. you know we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be hosting the biggest event in the world, um, and we want to make sure that we can compete. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we want to have a seat at the table. Like we can't. We can't talk about America as a powerhouse and literally everything except this. Like, yeah. like it's like every Olympic sport, we talk about, oh, we win gold medals in this. And, oh, the NBA, we're the best. And we call them world champions, even though it's just the American League. Yeah. You know, we call the MLB the world champions, even though it's just an American League. You yeah. Know what I mean, 
Same thing with, but that doesn't happen with, with MLS, you know, because yeah. obviously we're humble. We understand that we're not the best uh, thing, but we have access to be the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why are we not as attractive to play at? I mean, we should be, I don't get me wrong. I mean, we know that it's because of the culture, but you talk to any pro athlete, they spend so much time here in LA in the off season because there's where else would you rather be in the world? Yeah. So we have the resources. We have the things to make it happen. We just need to make sure that we make a statement in the 2026 World Cup. We have to. Yeah, you know? not even the 2022, bro. Next no, year, we got to make But I'm saying, you know, the reason why I say 26 is because it's going to be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, we, I, I think, look, um, 2026 is what, five years from now? And the thing is, like, bro, that, that's the problem I have with this group now. Like, we have an amazing group. They play in the top leagues in the world. They play on the best teams in the world. But are we going to have those same kids are we gonna have another group like this one in five years and we don't know right. yet bro that's that's the thing that's that's worries me and that's frustrating well, like, listen it's not even and, that, and that's the thing though but because it's not really five years because that needs to be happening within two years yeah yeah it needs to be happening within two three years because that's when you really find out what the group is that you're going to want to bring into the next cycle right yeah. that's why i'm saying that cycle is now yeah. right that's why i was actually talking to uh chris gilmore which is he he's uh one of the he's running a system in the socal league right he he has a system in the norcal league where everything's better connected in the club yeah. and as far as like club leagues right so now he's doing this thing where he's identifying players um uh similar to like the odp program where he's focused on finding the best talent and he's right now he's focusing on the 2007 age group, which makes them, geez, my math is terrible. Uh, what, 14, 15 year olds, right? Yeah. 14 year olds. Go, so he's focusing on those ages because those are the ages that we need to develop now. Yeah. The 14, 15 year olds are the ones that need to develop now that are going to be the youngsters going into the 2026 cycle. Because that's happening now. Like we don't like, yeah, we have this golden age or whatever it is, but we need to make sure that we're developing these 14 year olds now to be yeah. ready for that next cycle. We, the reason why we're even in this situation is because we had Casey Keller in goal for I don't know how many years. We had the same core of guys for, I don't know, we had Boca Negra in the, in the national team for I don't know how many years. Yeah. We had the same core group forever, forever, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and it's not like that core group, you know, was like a powerhouse or something like that. Yeah, they got some big results, here and there, but it wasn't it was i don't think it was a group that should have been our it wasn't core. the it wasn't the best roster that american soccer could provide you know yeah it was not right and we kept that same core for too long to to the point where we lost ourselves where we no longer had an identity which is yeah. where we find ourselves you know not qualifying for this last world cup you know so that, that and that's the thing like it, it needs to happen like now like we got to stop like saying you know it needs to change it needs to change like the MLS needs to do this. Like they, they need to make things, they need to start making moves already. Yeah. You know, otherwise we're just going to continue to get left behind. And, and, and it's not, we, we, we get left behind. Right. And we just throw our arms up in the air and say, we're just not at that level, you know? And, yeah. and the biggest point that I feel like we talked about today is just the culture. You know what I mean? Like we, the culture in, in, in America, like even for kids, it's like, they still want to go to the Friday night football game yeah right? you know what i'm saying like even the kids listen i i got kids right now that want to go to that friday night football game even though they don't go to like a real competitive football school 
Like, yeah. it's not even a real football team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're, they're watching a bunch, like, both schools or whatever divisions there. Because California is not the biggest, you know, football, you know, state or area. Yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm talking to, like, all these, like, local schools where they, like, they have, you walk on, you're on the football team because, you know, like Marshall. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we have friends that were on the football team. Shout out to T. Uh, we're on the football team, no experience, right? <laughs> but that, but that—that's where you want to be at, though. Yeah. Because there, there's a, it, there's a little bit of culture in that. There's not the same kind of culture, but there's more pride in going to that Friday night football game right now for whatever reason it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we gotta we we need to make sure that we can have that atmosphere for these high school kids at the same time for these soccer players. You know, we gotta yeah. build that culture. So that they show pride going to support the soccer games. That's that's you know what, what I'm mean? telling you, bro. It, 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 we have to do a better job in providing opportunities for the public. Like that's that's yeah. where it all comes to. Is like we're not like these these big clubs, these youth clubs. They don't identify talent. They they they, they skip through that. They if you can pay for it, you're gonna have a chance to develop. And like that's so twisted. That's so wrong. That you know. And but then that's so lazy. And again, the bar is so low because. The, in the U.S., no talent is being identified. So it's, we have to identify talent now and actually provide the system to develop that talent we identify from the U.S. You think about how much prior it would be if, if LA, L.A. Galaxy found one of these kids, like, let's, let's, let's say Efrain Alvarez, like, use an example. Like, he, he played for, you know, he grew up in the system, and we have so much pride. Like, he represents L.A. He's real East L.A. What if there was 10 more? What if there was a pool where 100 of those where we can actually, okay, which one out of those? It would just drive the level of competition further and higher. And I think it's like with these youth clubs, bro, they're not identified talent, and they're not providing the highest level for a kid to compete at the end of the day, we, not, we don't have to, you know, development, it's a right word, but what's going to make us better is competition playing every single day. And on top of that, you know, we have to, yeah, like we, there's not, bro, think, look, look at the athletes we have, bro. We have the fastest, strongest, we, we, but that's not enough. Our, our level of thinking, our level of reading the game is not where it should be because we don't log in enough hours. We don't log in the hours that the Mexican, if you look at Gio Dos Santos and his brother Dos Santos, bro, they've been playing at Barcelona in Europe since they were 16 because they grew up in that mentality of like playing and actually developing fast where it's just like the, the longevity of Amer as much as like, yeah, Americans, we have superstars, but the longevity of these superstars staying superstars are not the longevity Mexican players or South American players are having in these leagues because we're not preparing them enough, bro. And then it goes back. I don't know. As I, I want, I want to interview club directors. I want someone to prove me wrong. But is what? What? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't? Why isn't the priority of these club directors to identify the broader talent? You know, instead of running a business. And I feel like we're nowhere near that. And that's why I think high school is high school and putting it into the public system because the interest is gonna be there. And if the, you know, if 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 you know the not just the interest is to, to where we're going to locate these players and the interest but it's like it's so much more powerful if an mls found up you know a, a mls organizations behind these public schools or like just for the people bro like it, it, it's 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 building again that local that local pride of local of actually having the dream to play d1 and i i I, yeah, man, I, I think that we're really under pressure. We're in a state where it's good right now, but like, 
are we going to be good in a few years? And we don't know yet. And I, I really think that's concerning. I really think that is concerning. And it's also concerning that we're not doing anything. And we haven't done anything the last 25 years that's worked. And it's like, the reason why it hasn't worked is because money is the number one priority, dog. Like the developmental academy doesn't exist anymore. ODP doesn't exist anymore. Like what the fuck is going on? Like, what's the right way for my kid? We're going to have kids soon, bro. And like, I'm not going to pay club. I'm not going to like, I'm going to, you know, but like, and I'm going to, I'm going to train my kid. And, but there's only so much that I'm going to be able to do. Cause my kid's going to need a, a, a place to play and compete. We're not providing a place of development and we're not providing a place to compete. And these clubs, bro, should be ashamed of themselves because they're selling a dream. And the reason why I have kids, the reason why I keep saying my proof is that, bro, y'all haven't done anything for the last 25 years. Cause if y'all would have done something, you guys, these serves, these, what are the big LA golden state, you know, Delco, like all these things is like, you guys been around for 25 years and you guys haven't increased the level you guys have a, have had a crack at it so let the next generation let's mix let's put it somewhere else let's put our funding to the public school system to recreational centers to actually you know do something different because we can't keep going and keep having these responsibilities to the big clubs when their interest is not developing and it's no it's not uh identifying talent what it's like their number one priority is money talked about all those big clubs right like and those those would, that should be turning into the local clubs. Yeah. Right. That mm -hmm. should be the local club that you support. Right. Yeah. But the problem with that is, is that now these aren't even just local clubs because now it becomes for surf, for example. Right. Surf was they put on one of the, the highest level soccer tournaments every summer in youth sports. When we grew up playing, what was that? What around from 2003 to 2007, that was the place to be at. Like, yeah. it was like, I remember looking at the best of the best banner up top, right? Which is, they still have. And that was where you go. But now a company like that became so big that it, now it's, you know, there's San Francisco surf, there's LA surf. Well, there's Colorado surf. Like, there's like, Central what? Valley surf, Bakersfield surf. There's, yeah. I remember when I was with the Red Bulls. I was like, I, uh, what year was that? Maybe like 2013, 2014, I was there. And, and I looked at my schedule and it was like, oh, you're playing against surf. And I was like, surf? And I'm in Long Island right now. What is surf doing in Long Island? That's when it yeah. first hit me. Like, oh, damn, like they're, they're, they're really just branching off and cool, whatever. You got a team, you need, you need help with the facility and the registration costs and, and, and the insurance part of the things. You're surf now. Yeah. You go, let me lend a helping hand, even though I'm going to make a little bit of a little bit of a percentage off of every registration that you get from your club. Yeah. Right. Or, oh, cool. Kev, Chris, you guys want to start your own little club? Cool. You're having an issue locking down field permits. Well, we have all the field permits. Yeah, we are holding all the field permits. So if you want to, we'll, we'll give you access to the field permits. You just got to give us access to a little bit of money off of each registration and make sure that you wear our branding. <laughs> Right. So yeah. now you're surf. So now surf is everywhere. Legends is everywhere. The Delcos are everywhere. The some of the East Coast clubs doing the same thing. But it's really bad. It's it sucks that I'm naming so many of these California clubs because that's where it's really happening. Bad. Yeah. You know, the, the market is huge here. And these teams are just gobbling up all these small town local clubs or just, you know, Sunday league teams that, that want to play at the next level and have a very good team and want to take that next step, you know, and, yeah. and play the, the club route. And they're just saying, 
you know, like TFA. TFA is another one. Uh, TFA, great program. Don't get me wrong. They have some great teams. It's cool. But is it connected? You know, uh-huh. like, and, and my man, Paul Walker, man, great guy. Love him, you know, love that guy. And, uh, but he he's running TFA and it's smart. It's cool because at the same time, you can say, yo, listen, he, you know, he has TFA San Gabriel, TFA, you know, San Fernando Valley, TFA, whatever. But none of these kids even know each other. Right? Yeah. Like they don't, they, they, they'll just walk by another guy that has the same uniform kit on and not even be like, not even have a sense of pride. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and that's when it goes where it's like these small clubs will have things like that. You know, like when we grew up playing club soccer um, for FC Barcelona and Sharif in, in Pasadena, right? We would go and watch the girls game. Yeah. We would go and watch little Pablito ball up um, with the youngest team. We will go watch Edder ball up with the youngest team. We will yeah. go watch Jesus that you had on the on the pod a, a couple of episodes ago. We will go watch them and support them yeah. because we were like, yo, we're the same club. We're fighting for the same meaning. You know, this is what, like we had pride in that. That was that's our bro. Life. That's pride. That goes back to pride and tradition, bro. Like think exactly. about think about these these big clubs right now. Like if if they don't see the players, you can't build a sound unit if you're not if these kids are not seeing each other every day they don't go to school already together they live in separate towns they have to drive so they're only you're only getting so much of a kid you know so i feel like these big clubs like i don't feel bad talking about the way they do things is because no big club you know for example like i i you see how surf has franchised all over the country why hasn't no one at surf been like hey maybe we should attack the public school system. Maybe we should open up a surf recreational center where we can identify talent and then bring them on. Like no moves are being made like that. And, you know, it show they don't have to because they're making in so much money where franchising out is a better business model instead of, you know, taking that pride. It's like, oh, though, that guy came from surf. We, we recruited him from five years old and now he's at LA Galaxy. Like there's, that's why I feel like these, these, these clubs are the ones to be held accountable because no one has done that in the last 25 years that we, that we've been here, you know, that me, me and you have been through the system and people have to, people have to like know that 25 years, that's how old the MLS is. That's how this is the 25th year. So they, our soccer is so young yet in these 25 years with the big clubs, nothing has changed. So what, what are we going to, we're supposed to give them another 25 years? Like, no, bro. Like it's time to like nip it and just be like, yo, you, this is not the right way to sell soccer. This is not even sell soccer, bro. There, we're smart enough, and there's people who, you know, progressive enough that we can figure out the right way to do business. But we also, you know, we, we can't do the business side without providing a good level of, 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 of play or competitiveness. I feel like the clubs are, as long as we're making money, the level of teaching, the level of competition, it doesn't fucking matter. We're just, cause we're going to keep growing and we're going to keep making right. money. Cause we just see the end point. We're watching these European leagues or these South American leagues. And we're watching how they have all these people in the stadiums and, and, and bringing in this money. Right. But you, we'd have to remember that those clubs develop culture, right. And pride and all that for, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years. Yeah. And now we're watching it unfold on TV because now we have access to the TV rights and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So we're looking at that picture like, wow, we want to get to that with, with, without 
building the culture. The culture is what sells what sells for all these other clubs that everywhere else. Yeah. It's the culture that sells. You yeah. know, we look at Mexico fans, like 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 the Chivas fans. It's all about the culture. The yeah. America fans, all that's why the Chivas fans give stick to the America fans because the Chivas fans say that they have more of a culture and America is like a seller because they bring in players from everywhere. Yeah. Right. But look at look at the identity of Chivas, right? The identity is like we're a Mexican club. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna develop Mexican players. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they've and and they've had pride in doing that and developing a culture, and that's what sells. The culture yeah. is what what gets the guys to watch the games. The culture is what what sells and gets them to buy the jersey. Yeah. Right. It's not just having the big star. Of course, yeah, that helps. Th this is another example, actually. Right. You won't see an NBA player. You won't see an NFL player. You won't see an MLB player kiss kiss the Dodger logo or kiss the LA Facts. logo. You won't Facts. see you won't see a Lakers player kiss that 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 Lakers logo. Why? Yeah. Because they're franchises. Yeah. Why are people like why is LeBron James doing what he's doing and, and becoming a GM at every team that he's at? Because he's like, fuck this, like. This is a system and I'm going to go and win at this team and I'm going to go to this team. There's no pride in like the actual organization. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's no pride and they won't kiss that badge because like, look at Rajon Rondo. He, he was with the Celtics and now we love him because he was at the Lakers. That's what it is, man. Like, because we don't have that culture. We don't have that pride on playing for like the Jersey, like the yeah. Jersey is mean. And that's what soccer is. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it is that it's like, oh, I just scored against my old club. I'm not going to celebrate. Like, yeah. it's not a written law. It's not nothing, but I'm not going to celebrate. I'm going to chill. Because like, I have respect, because I love that club and I love the people and the pride with those people because of the culture of that club. Yeah. Not because, oh, they used to cut the check. No, it's yeah. because they grow a relationship with the actual fan base. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the emotions are there. Yeah. You know, and it comes down to the culture, and that's what we need to get on. Like, that. That that's where the real red light is at. Like, how do we really develop a, a, a culture out here for these local cities? Like, how is that really going to happen? And you know, you talking about the school thing. That's that's really it. it makes sense because it's like you, you got to be in every local town, every local city, every local place. And what better way to do that than through you know the education the process here, the schools. Right. And that's how you reach the public. So that, that's a great idea, man. And I know there's different programs that are kind of like doing things like that which is great but at the same time man like there's there's companies like soccer shots and little little tots and all yeah. these little things that that see it as I, bro you know what soccer, you know what soccer shots is a fucking franchise like that's what that's what i'm saying it needs to change man it needs to change and it's, it's real difficult to get that here in america max it's like right here it's all about the money you know what i mean they're not gonna want to like pride doesn't sell you know what i mean yeah like, probably doesn't sell you but, know what i'm saying so we we that that's what really needs to get fixed man that 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 all these things that we've been talking about man they're they're all the cracks and then when you put it all together i i it does sound you know like there's so many things that are wrong there there is things we are doing right we, we do still have talent out here you know but it's more so we have so many resources that we're just not using you know what i mean yeah. and these people that have been in in these roles right or these positions where they can change things have chosen not to 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or have chosen a different route, not necessarily not chosen not to, but they've chosen to like make sure that their bank account looks healthy rather than, you know, take a risk on building, you know, a culture for, for their city or, or, or for their town or the area that they're, that they're, um, coaching in or, or, or starting these clubs in there. Like you said, like there's, it sounds like there's a lot of things that are wrong with the system, but I feel like once we start fixing one thing it's going to snowball to fix it to the next thing. And I, yeah, I think all we can do is I, I, I have faith, bro. And I have, uh, because of, of the time and the generation we are, where I feel like the last generation was, you know, more, more individual where I have to get it myself or now our generation, we're more of a collective collective we're collective thinkers bro where i know i can't do it myself but i'm gonna hit up chris i'm gonna hit up gus i'm gonna hit up uh, drew and we're gonna try to figure it out i feel like yeah i i think the good news is that our generation is more progressive i think that we're gonna we're gonna you know not turn our our we're not gonna turn against money but i feel like we're gonna try to build this culture and we're gonna try to you know elevate this this game because we actually our intentions are there i don't think that you know, I feel like in the state of coaching right now, me and you can't find a, st a stable coaching job because they don't pay well, you know? So that's forced us to find other ways to stay close to the game and give back to our game. And that's that's right there building culture, dog, because me and you don't want to turn away from this game. If, like, we didn't care about this, we wouldn't be talking. You wouldn't have your own private training. You wouldn't still be out here trying to get it, you know? So I think that it's, uh, yeah, about getting this, all the right people, I'm not, not not all the right people, but it's about getting people on the same page and kind of just like keep bringing light to these issues, bro. And keep like, okay, how do we solve it? Not just bashing the national team or not just criticizing. Cause I feel like we've criticized the system for so long, but like no one has actually given us, okay, this is what's wrong. And this is what's wrong, you know, and this is how we fix it. But I feel like me and you talked a lot about a lot of issues. And I feel like, you know, every issue that we talked about, there's so much more that we can break down and actually pinpoint and find the problem, the, the, the problem and the solution, bro. So I, I really think that I'm, I'm hopeful. I really think that we are going to become that we're not just going to get a seat at the table, bro, but we're going to eat. I really think that we're this close to like being able to dictate the whole dinner table, even say grace and just eat, bro. And then America, America, people know that so U.S. soccer is coming, dog, because if you look at all the investments, these rappers, these uh, European stars, they're all investing in American teams, bro. So it's only a matter of time where we figure out the business side and there's only a matter of time whether you fix the youth and development and all of that. And then, bro, this is where we're going to need. We're not going to be the laughing, going to be the laughing nation of the world. I feel like. People got to take a serious, not just take a serious, but I feel like people have to believe and people have to have. Just look at us as a soccer nation, man. And, and that's what it is. Cause they don't look at us like a soccer nation. Yeah. They don't. And like, we're not Yankees anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're, we should be known as a soccer nation. Like, I feel like everyone knows that soccer isn't the number one sport here. Yeah. You know? We, we have, we have the, t we have, you know, we should we, yeah. Like you said, we, they have to look at, they have to take us serious now because we have a player at Barcelona. We have a player at Chelsea, bro. And like these, these Ricardo Pepe's, these Efrain Alvarez, they, they're going to keep coming. And it's only a matter of time where they're going to come in groups. So I, I think that, you know, people have to give us more credit. We have to give ourselves more credit also, but we also have to like be more positive, bro. And as, as, as cheesy and as it sounds, bro, like sticking together is important. Like I'm tired of the American way of how we treat players and how the media is used to, 
just like create this toxic blanket of like, damn, we're sorry. Damn, everything's negative. Damn, McKinney this. Pulisic is not good enough. Can he do it under this? It's always about selling the most dramatic headline in America instead of actually giving constructive criticism. And I think that what pisses me off, dog, is that this criticism is coming from people who are not eligible to talk. Like, you, where'd you play? Like, where, where, you know, what experience do you have to criticize the goalie or to criticize criticize the center back like it's so it's so hypocritical dog and we have we have to i feel like us you know we, as a nation together we have to step away from that and actually support because that's going to build culture bro if you look at the raiders dog if you look at the cowboys dog like they have <laughs> diehard fans be, yeah. and and they will ne- they will never betray the cowboys because bro they love the cowboys like and that's that's what the love we have to create for these club teams bro where it, it's is LA Galaxy or die, you know? It's a, it needs to be people like, like you were talking about how it's the next generation of people and what are we really doing? And like, you know, and right now, you know, all I, I coach nonstop. I work at Oakwood School. Great, yeah. great private school. Not the best athletic school, but great school, great kids. Cool. I do work with Pasadena City College, right? So I see those kind of kids, right? I'm working with the youth sports. So with, with the club teams. Um, so I, I'm doing that. I do the, the personal training. I have club the finesse that was a blessing, like uh, for me, just because you know I always wanted to, uh, I always wanted to work with like high level kids, and and it's tough because you're not always gonna have a high level team. Yeah, you know what I mean. So with finesse, like what I wanted to do with that is, I, I noticed that there was a window for like you know, 17 to like 22, 23 year old guys that can't, aren't eligible to play club no more. Yeah. Right. And their college program, like you said, is only, you know, seasonal. So what are they really doing throughout that whole off time? Yeah. Right. So that's why I started like the, the, like working in with, in group sessions with like higher ballers where they have, I put them through like an actual off season program, you know, to do those things so that they can stay at that level. But like with anything, because of social media, everybody's a trainer now. Like we talked about before, you can have the same recipe, doesn't mean it's gonna taste the same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you could take you could take sessions from somebody else and doesn't mean you're gonna get the same thing out of the session, yeah. you know, that you had with this player. And you can, like, I've, I, there's also been days where I run the same session with three of my players and my coaching points are different for all three players. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Even throughout the same session with, with me, my, my biggest thing is like, you know, parents and, and some of the players always ask me like, yo, why, why don't you do your own thing? Like, why haven't you started your own program? You keep talking or you're, you're a great coach or you do this well, or you do that well, you don't do this well, but why don't you want to start your own program? And my thing has always been like, because I haven't, like, I don't think I know it all yet. Yeah. Right. I don't think that, uh, that I still want to continue to grow and continue to learn right whether it's like relationship with other coaches or mentors that i have right now you know i i don't feel like i've grown to know everything and i don't think i will ever get to a point but now i feel more ready than ever so now i finally started to make moves with starting you know for example like look out for la soccer camps coming this summer you know this past summer um we ran six nike soccer camps at tierra canyon that were crazy successful you know, and we, me and a couple of the other coaches that you're familiar with too, that have worked with these other professional organizations have taken a look and been like, yo, this is broken. Like, yeah. why are you guys not doing this structure here? 
So okay. that's where I'm now I'm finally feel like I'm ready to take that step and be like, you know what? It needs to be, be done the right way. And now we're going to provide a program where they can be done the right way. We're going to yeah. make sure that we show the best interest yeah. of the kids. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. You know, I, I want to make sure that at the end of the day, it's my business and I want to, you know, be successful with that business, yeah. but I'm going to make sure that my intentions and, and the intentions and the, and the identity and the entire program is ran correctly so that I can yeah. make a change instead yeah. of just, you know, talking about it, you know, now I'm, I'm finally at the point in my, in my coaching career where I want to start implementing those changes and it's not, oh, you know, I'm going to start my own club and I'm not going to, I'm going to do it different than everybody else. It's not one of those. It's, it's more so making sure that my purpose, our intentions that we talked about today, that's what I want to showcase through yeah. my own programs. Yeah. You know, that's something that we want to bring um, to LA soccer camps so that we make sure that these kids aren't just going, you know, for a daycare session. You know, you're not just dropping your kids off. They're actually going to come back with some kind of value. You know what I mean? We want to make sure that we provide value for these kids. Um, same thing with finesse. Like, you have kid guys that, you know, on the ground, they look dope. They're running through an obstacle course. They're jumping yeah. through. They're jumping through sticks. They're dodging and weaving. You're throwing balls at them, and they're dodging and weaving them, and they're juggling and catching the ball at the same time and doing all this yeah. crazy stuff that's like, cool that's your coaching style that's cool too you know what i mean like if you think that's gonna help with best that's cool but with me i'm gonna make sure it's like in-game situations where i'm gonna push you to those levels where it, it it's as real as it's possibly gonna be so that when you hit the game it's it's almost like it's it's second nature already yeah you know what i mean it's like when when, when we listen to kobe talk about you know the mama mentality when he's like i've done this shot a thousand times already it's the same shot it's the same move it's yeah. the same movement that's what we got to implement it's things like that you know so i'm looking forward to trying to implement as many changes and to make sure that that i can influence as many players as many families as many parents as many you know uh, as many other coaches that that have the same values or have the same intentions you know and i want to start to to start to uh, grow these programs so that they're done the right way so that yeah. we provide the best value and we're able to educate these parents like we talked about we're able to educate the kid and really prepare them and, and not and not not look at them as a dollar sign not not look at them you know if they need to go and play somewhere else because they think that they can learn somewhere else that's fine too not just because yeah. i'm not getting that registration anymore doesn't mean that oh you know what you're done don't talk to me no more you know, yeah. you got a recruited by an academy team, uh, like go play for them now. Nah, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, the small moves that we can make, you know, hopefully I become that next person in 10, 15 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, it's not that old head that's been doing it for 20 years with these clubs. You know what I mean? More, more people out of our generation need to step up and, and really be the change out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's not just talk about it now. Now I'm tired of talking about it now. Now I want to make sure that I implement all these things that we talk about so that my intentions and my purpose rubs off on as many, you know, athletes out there yeah. as possible, you know, and that, that, that's why I show so much pride in, in coaching. You know, coaching is real difficult, man. Coaching, coaching, you go through different stages. You know what I mean? Uh, there's times where you get put with a program and you're working with seven-year-olds all day long. Yeah. Working with seven-year-olds, man, is, is a blessing and a curse at the same time when you got 20 of them running around at the same time, you know? 
So it, it, it's been a process, you know, it's a beautiful thing. It, it, you, it, it, I, I can understand why there's turnover with, with coaches, you know, when they don't get to really um, coach at the highest level. But it's like anything. We expect these players, right? We tell these players all the time right, that you got to be in love with the process. You got to be in love with the grind. You got to be in yeah. love with work now. Same thing with a coach. You got to love the process. You got to love yeah. working with the U7s. And you got to love working with a guy that plays in the, in, in the league, in the MLS. Yeah. Or in between there, or the highest level academy player. You got to be in love with that process too. And I feel like I'm finally at a point where, where I feel like I'm well-seasoned enough you know, and, I, and I've learned from a lot of other coaches um, where I feel like now I can finally start to to make sure that that I touch, you know, my community and give back to my community and give them everything that I didn't get and that I feel that is broken in the system now. Yeah. So the next time we talk, bro, in a few years, I guarantee you I'm going to make sure that that we've made some moves and some progress in, in the right direction. Um, with 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 youth sports and, and with youth soccer in, in America, man. Because it, for me, it, it's like these people haven't been doing it for 25 years, man. Like like you said, change, big changes are going to be being made. Um, I already know I'm excited for the couple new projects. I'll make sure we have a conversation when when these new projects get up and running, man. But we we I'm looking forward to to being one of the small voices, right? To make a, a huge change. Bro. Just know that there's a lot of there is a lot of coaches out there that are motivated and and, and want to see that happen, man. So so it's gonna happen soon, you know. And, and I'm gonna take responsibility, man, and, and make sure that that we do it the right way. I love it, bro. Respect. You know, you know me. You been through a lot, bro. The last 20 years, bro. This is why I wanted to get you on because you're credible. You, I think your our big your biggest flex is that you know you've seen it all in the American system. You've been behind the scene and you're a credible source to, hey, he knows what's going on in LA. He knows what's going on in New York and you're not happy with it, bro. So you have started your own movement and that's what brings me joy. That's what keeps me like that, that, that flame alive is like, yes, there's other people out there that love this sport so much that want to elevate it. So, bro, I'm proud. I know that I know that the game is in good hands. Someone that, you know, I, I think that has seen it all and I understands, understand where is the, the change that understands where change needs to be made. And also is like you said, experienced and seasoned enough to put the game first. I feel like there's not I feel like for the last generation, we haven't been putting the sport first. We've put, been putting money first. And it's, 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 it's admirable that, you know, everything that you want to do. And it's just like to, for the next generation, bro, to, again, to elevate the sport. So, you know, a lot of information that, you know, a lot of points that you touched on today where we're really, you know, people need to hear them and people need to hear them from people that actually lived it. So I feel like the, you know, my, my, what's going to build credibility for this platform is bringing on people like you picking the brain of someone that has seen it all, has actually been in the trenches, has actually run those sessions for U seven and fucking Syos said muddy as fuck for no reason. You know, like, like you said, that's another thing that we have to give that you said that it's, that's amazing that you should be able to run a U seven session and you should be able to run a, a U17 or a college session like I feel like people nowadays are too prideful I've coached oh I've coached at the Liverpool Academy I can't coach 
a seven year old, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's bro, the pride and, and, and everything that, you know, the way soccer is being run right now, the way it's being done right now is super lazy, but it's also, it's very optimistic. I feel like we, we have the, we have the, we've always had the resources and we've always had the tools, but now we have the actual experience like people like you, myself, Drew, Mac, Mikey McNeil, that are gonna do it the right way, bro. Because this is a this is a sport. This is a system that has given you, me, and you a lot, bro. This is the way we make a living. So at the end of the day, we're not here to make a fast buck. You know, we're here to make you know a living out of this. And I feel like to to not just make a living out of this, but to leave our thumbprint and to actually have a meaningful impact to the game of soccer in America. Blessings, bro. Great show, bro. <laughs> <laughs>